Welcome to the Canny Conversations podcast. Conversations with a cause with social entrepreneur Safraz Ali. Saf came relatively late to entrepreneurship after working in both the public and private sectors. He coined a phrase that describes what he does as the mad entrepreneur that's make a difference entrepreneurship. As well as being the author of the Canny Bites books, Saf's business interests cover health and social care, business and corporate events, as well as in being the CEO of Pathway Group, a welfare to work and skills provider. In these podcasts, he shares his thoughts with journalist Adrian Kibler. So let's join the conversation. Hello and welcome to Canny Conversations with a Cause. These are conversations that we hope will captivate your curiosity cannily. And uh, on the other side of the table, I've got Safra Dali. Saf, how are you? I'm good, thank you. And what have you been doing with yourself lately? Well, you know that because we've been spending a lot of time together. Been going to events, we've been we've been going to some networking events, some awards dinners, uh, some private dinners as well. So we've spent quite a bit of time together. We have we have, we have indeed, yeah. And you've also you've also been um judging, haven't you? What have you been judging? Judging quite a few things actually. We've been judging for the uh, uh, Birmingham Awards, which I'm I'm a big supporter of. Anything to do with Birmingham, you know, uh, uh, particularly with business and enterprise and community sort of thing. So we've been I've been luckily enough to be the head judge this time around, and uh, been involved with the uh, Birmingham uh, Awards for around about five to six six my sixth year. I've been involved with the National Apprenticeship Awards. Uh, judging there, I've been uh, uh, doing a little bit of work on some of our own events, uh, Ninda's event as well, the Natural uh, Signature Awards, uh, the the London event, and so there's a I would about, I would say about four or five awards that I'm involved with in a judging capacity. In, a, know, in, in addition to you know obviously the sponsorship they do and all the rest of it. Sorry to cut you cut you in there. I don't know how much sleep you get, Saf, but I imagine you probably don't get an awful lot of time to do things like sleep that us ordinary mortals do. No, no. Right, today we're going to talk about um, trying to be a little bit less crazy. Now, what do we mean by that? Um, I'm going to start by asking you a question. What do you think about the way that um, business is portrayed in the media? You know, things like the the Alan Sugar programme and uh, and... and you know, in, in, in the soaps and that sort of thing. I mean, what do you think about the way that, that business people tend to be portrayed? I think generally it's a, it's a negative, uh, it's a negative connotation. I think uh, you and I have discussed this a few times and it's been a dinner table type conversation. If you mention entrepreneurship, fantastic. You know, everybody, th- you know, thumbs up entrepreneurship, you know, the, the single business owner, you know, the hustle and all the rest of it. But when you mention business, people have a negative, I think, a connotation which uh, revolves around profit, the the uh, hard done by employees, you know, the cutthroat world of business. And, you know, particularly the, the you know, you mentioned uh, Alan Sugar and Apprentice, when they say it's not personal, it's just business. There's an element where anything is fair game uh, for the pursuit of you know, moving forward and, and, and getting ahead. So generally negative connotation. People think, you know, I use the title CEO, but we're a SME business. People generally think fat cats, overpaid executives, 
and uh, employees and staff are are being taken advantage of and the consumers are being taken advantage of and and all of this there's a negative sense yeah you know I, I agree with you and i think the problem is that i mean let's let let's cut to the chase i think the general way in which business and business people are portrayed in the media is you know to put it bluntly they're not very nice people i mean if you look at the apprentice i mean the apprentice is not a business program it pretends to be a business program it's an entertainment show and it's a long, long way from from normal business. Uh, and you look at the way that business people are portrayed in, you know, the soaps and drama. I mean, I'm going back a little bit now, I know, but I, I'm sure some people remember with Coronation Street a chap called Mike Baldwin who were, used to run a, a factory, and, and he was a nasty piece of work. So what I'm really getting to, Saf, is one of the ways in which business is often portrayed in the media is that it's all hustle and bustle and it's all rushing around and it's all very dynamic and it's all people making decisions and flying by the seat of their pants and what we're going to talk about today is something which is much more real i think in terms of what everyday business people come across with and that's a a slog that's a taking your time that's being less crazy uh, but making some good decisions so let's let's just ask you what, what you mean by being less crazy so I mean, we, in our business, we 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 use the word path less crazy, and obviously our company is called Pathway, and and we play on that word path, uh, path less crazy, and we, we say, well, smart people sometimes do crazy things or dumb things, and that's in terms of decision making, that's in terms of you know how they do things and how they react, and a lot of the time, you know, it's about reflection, it's about accountability, it's being able to talking out really rather than being in a position where it's all quick pressured wherever possible to analyze self-reflect and work out you know your hit rate in terms of decision making so you know i have a little bit of a an exercise that i look at the sort of last five decisions that i've made and i make a, a journal to say if i had my way and without my accountability partner, without discussing this, you know, what would have been the implication of that? What decision would I have made? What would have been the ramifications of that? And potentially, what if that trajectory happened, where would I have been? So this is like sliding doors a little bit. And as a result of me changing my decision, my first decision or my first thought, uh, not decision, my first thought, where am I now? And... And then looking at potentially what could have been. So it's, you know, some people say, well, actually, you know, what's happened has happened and, you know, there's no point uh, discussing this or analysing this. And I always look back and try and do that fairly regularly. Uh, don't leave, I don't leave it too late or after the event, but in the element of a self-reflection. So we encourage this peer review. So what we have in our business is a, a accountability partners, a peer support. And this peer support network asks those questions. It's not necessarily there to, it's not a coaching element, it's more in terms of uh, just helping you with, with an element of self-reflection. Because sometimes we find it hard to do so. But when you've got a meeting booked in with a, a peer and you're going to do an exercise to say, well, let's go through your last five or three actions in where are you how did that come about what was the thinking process of it what information did you have what data did you have and how did you come to that decision and really what was that your first thought second thought and how have you changed so this is a sort of a complicated thing where we say you know smart people often can make crazy 
decisions, can do some dumb things, and how do we get into a position where we get better at it? Absolutely, and we learn from. I mean, the, the thing is, we all make. Everybody who makes decisions will sometimes get them wrong, won't, won't they? I mean, that's the the way of the world. But, you know, the important thing is to try to learn from the decisions. And I'm going to share with our listener, I'm going to share with our listener a little secret. Well, it's a secret no longer. It won't be in a few seconds. Mr. Ali arrived here today telling us that he has three miles of petrol <laughs> left in his car. <laughs> and he also told us that... On the way here, with with running on fumes, he decided to go past the petrol station yeah. and, and not to fill up. So making decisions, um, uh, we, we, well, I, I hope you've not got it wrong, so well, you could end up with quite a long walk home. Um, that, that is that is true. And I, and I thought to myself, you know what, I'm usually late for these uh, meetings that we have and I don't want to be continuously late. That's and, not and, the SAF people that know you uh, know no, and love SAF no, so I, I, I thought to myself, you know what, the chances of, I mean, the chances of me stopping, and I made an assumption, the fact that there probably is enough petrol in there, and it is a little bit of a risk, but it's not a. The chances of 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 me failing, they're not they're not consequential. So I thought, you know what, let's just get there, let's see what happens after the event, and then and then we'll take it from there. But you are you are right that that's probably not the best thing. But so such is such, such is Mr. Such, Ali's. Um, passion for our podcast. Yes, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. When we have the next issue, we will report back on whether he had to walk home or not. Yes. So talk about the importance or otherwise of involving other people in decision-making. I think you've said that within your group you have a process where, um, you know, you review decisions as a, 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 as a group. To what extent do you take into account other people's views. And I'll tell you something. I was listening fairly recently to Desert Island Discs on Radio 4 with Deborah Meaden, the entrepreneur and um, the lady that most people know from Dragon's Den. And Deborah said that one of the greatest skills is to know what you don't know. And what she meant by that was if you don't know, then don't wing it, don't guess it but ask the experts. So two questions, Seth. How important do you think it is to know what you don't know and to be prepared to take expert advice? And to what extent, when you're making decisions, do you take account of what other people think? Yeah. Uh, I think first thing is, as soon as you mentioned you don't know what you don't know, I start thinking about Donald Rumsfeld. And that's automatically the whole sort of United Nations meeting and he comes up with his speech, which is a, which if anybody hasn't seen that uh, it's worth googling and it is an element of uh, being aware or being conscious and and you know and partly my second thing that I keep thinking about is that you know the awareness uh, you know the the raising of the awareness so this is the reticular activation system when you know say a colleague of yours uh, buys a car and you've I know, I know you've bought her a car recently all of a sudden, I've started seeing all of these grey cars, very similar. I'm not going to make you mention your brand, but I start seeing all of these, and I thought, I'm sure there weren't that many because you've bought one. My awareness is now acute that I can. I, I start seeing them on the road, and I, can, I see like 20, 30 in a day if I'm if I'm driving from one area of Birmingham to another, and and that's part of this element of they were always there, but I, I didn't notice them before. 
And sometimes we don't notice these things. And it's an element where your awareness is raised, your, uh, your, your consciousness is, is, is raised, and then you start picking these things up. But I think if any business person, entrepreneur, manager, leader is aware of the things that they don't know, they can deal with it. They can conquer it. They can look at it. They can have a plan. And it's the, it's the things that we don't know which are possibly the most dangerous things because at least the things that we do, we can have a plan. We can start identifying the risks. We can start evaluating. We can start implementing towards you know, dealing with it, whatever that is. In terms of accountability and support and so forth, what I find is that when we make decisions or take actions, sometimes it's on the basis of generalizations. It it could be assumptions, and you know we, the famous saying about assumptions makes a you know ass out of you you and me, and you know that potentially is is a risk there. You know then you start obsessing over potentially the wrong thing, and because of that you make the wrong decisions. And what you've got is if you've got the right sort of accountability partner, you can sort of looking at you know how did you come to that notion that thinking. Is it based on some assumption? Is it based on data? Is it based on up-to-date data? You know, how have you come to that realization? And, you know, you find that is potentially these three categories, really, whether it's generalizing, whether you're sort of focusing or obsessing over the wrong thing or potentially the wrong assumptions. And these things can be diluted. You know, you, you still have that element of potentially some bias there, but what you'll find is uh, some of that can be taken away by the questioning and you start coming into a little bit of a deeper thought process deeper thinking for me personally and and our our organization i found it to be very useful uh it's sometimes difficult to do it on your own but in terms of actually saying it out speaking it out and 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 being able to reflect on it you tend to make better decisions and what we find is that it's not necessarily what the other person says but because of the process of talking it out and really explaining it, you come to a better formation of a view. There are three points that perhaps I could, I would like you to take up. Um, the first one is something that we have talked about in the past, which is called confirmation bias, which is when you make a decision on your own, then sometimes we've actually made the decision. We might not admit it to ourselves, but we've made the decision and we're actually looking for evidence that supports that decision. The other thing that I want to sort of raise, which I think is important, is um, there's a lot of, it's a, it's a bit of a buzz term, but evidence-based decision-making. You make decisions based on the evidence and, and the information that's available to you. But the problem with that can be that, You may have the evidence, you may have the information, but you may actually draw the wrong conclusions from that information. Uh, And and the example that I've used in the past, and I I continue to use because I think it's a really good one, is a few years ago um, there was a report that came out that said if you're admitted to hospital on a Sunday, you are more likely to die than if you go into hospital on any other day of the week. And some people said, jumped up and down and said, oh, why is hospital so bad on Sunday? Why don't they have a proper level of care on Sunday? Why don't they have the good doctors in on Sunday? And what they completely forgot is the simple fact that normal hospital admissions do not take place on a Sunday. 
the people that go into hospital on a Sunday have either had an accident or they've been suddenly taken seriously ill. And therefore, people in those circumstances are more likely to die. And it's nothing to do with the level of care or not having the right doctors in place. So how, when you're making a decision, do you try to make sure that you're actually interpreting the evidence correctly? And is part of that involving other people who might be able to put a different perspective on things? Uh, there's a colleague of ours, mine, that, uh, that, I, that, I, that I remember a little while back. It's an ex-colleague. And he, and, he, and he used the word logic a lot. And I used to say, well, everybody's logic is different. And your logic may not be the same as everybody else's logic. And your reasoning might not be the same. And what this colleague used to do is really conclude, uh, used, to, used, to, used to use the evidence or the information in front of him to justify the decision that he wanted to make. And he was looking for the things that he wanted to look for. So you're not objective in your viewpoint. And, you know, and that partly is uh, life history in terms of, you know, our thinking, our, our understanding really of, of things. And we have a perspective on things. So, you know, there is going to be that. And again, it's partly is about is our consciousness, is about our awareness, is being able to question ourselves that you get into a position. And we still make mistakes because, you know, we buy, th- buy things on emotion. We often do things on emotion. And we do things on the back of other things and so forth. And, you know, we are, you know, as I say, uh, the catch-all title, we are human. And, and, and we, you know, often make dumb uh, decisions or stupid decisions and, and so forth. And that is that, but it's a matter of understanding that and being aware of that. And partly it's it's also the narrative, uh, you know, we had a budget um, uh, a, few, a few weeks back. And people have the narrative that it's all whatever their narrative is you know it's all bad or it's all good or this is what's happened and it's it's our understanding it's it's how we reflect on things and how we view things and and what glass you you're viewing it from so it's difficult isn't it it's it's one of these which is independent as long as you're aware of it i I don't think it's a big issue but it's really being able to sometimes sit back and reflect and and re-look at things and re-look at your your reasons and and if you can be objective, which is difficult. No, I mean, just for the benefit of our listeners, because one of the great benefits, of course, of podcasts is that people can pick them up at any point. Um, uh, and Saf was referring to the the, the budget um, in November 2021. So that just gives you a bit of context if, if, if you're listening at another date. Uh, another another example of this where isn't it very easy stuff to be rushed into something because it, it's the done thing and everybody thinks it's a great idea and you know a bit like the old business of the emperor and his clothes you know everybody piles in behind a decision without really thinking it through and, and i'm not asking you well you can do if you want to but i'm not asking for your opinion on electric vehicles but what i am suggesting is we've got this huge rush for electricity at the moment with with vehicles Uh, and i actually think that a lot of people can't see any further than the tailpipe they don't recognize that you know electric vehicles are hugely bad for the environment with the mining of the materials needed for the batteries from environmental areas with the exploitation that often goes into that and also the fact that electricity doesn't come from thin air it has to be generated unless unless you can generate that electricity sustainably 
then you're having to use fossil fuels to generate it. Now, I'm not suggesting that we get into a debate about the merits or otherwise of an electric vehicle. But what I am saying, Seth, in terms of the decision-making, how do you make sure that you avoid getting caught up in a maelstrom of you know, a particular idea which sounds brilliant without it being really thought through, which is what, in my view, is happening with this dash for electricity. I think this is where your peers, again, you know, I'm going back to the peers and the support sort of network. I mean, I use the phrase, uh, help me understand this. And uh, I use that quite, quite a bit in my conversations and I come across, you know, often quite dumb. But what I try and do is get them to explain and the, what you find is, uh, you know, you don't have to say much, but just get them to say, can you help me understand this? And that starts it off. What you find is, uh, you know, they go through their generalizations, they go through the reasons why, you know, they, they have an effort and you can start seeing whether they're trying to persuade you or whether they're trying to get you to understand. And then if they are trying to persuade you, you go back to say, well, let's try and understand this or help me understand this. And what, you, what I find is uh, none of your staff members, they're there for the right reasons. You know, they, they, they want to uh, be successful. They want to align with your values. They, they want to add value and they, they're there. But they have their own beliefs. They have their own perspectives. And it's being able to sort of correlate that. And what you find is uh, sometimes the decision makes itself based on the questions and and it can be very frustrating. It's like uh, sometimes a child, and we don't. I don't want to do it like a like a child that keeps saying why, 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 why. But you, what you find is that if you can delve a little bit deeper, ask the supplementary question, go past the first level of information, second level, and third, and then you might find, you know, you're closer to making a, a better decision. And what, you, what happens is at the first level, when somebody tries to summarize it, they summarize things with their own viewpoint, their own, you know, their own narrative on it. You know? and, and then what you find is that you, you get to a position where uh, it, it is better. In terms of you know, uh, the whole carbon conversation and you know, electric and so forth, people have this thing that they want to do the right thing. That they also have this thing that uh, they want to contribute and everything counts and you know we we start believing the narrative nobody goes into the levels of details that you're talking about but you know we have this general assumption and you know if it makes them feel good if they feel that they're contributing they feel that they're a better person i don't see anything wrong with it as such but it is it is an element of this is human nature you know you know it is an element of people think that they're contributing they're contributing to society, they're causing less damage, they're having their role, and they want others to do so. And rightly or wrongly, our assumptions over a period of time, we know have have proven wrong. But that happens over you know, sometimes decades. You know, we, gotta, we don't get to know some of the things that we as citizens have, have done, have made, until after the event, and then you come to the realization that maybe it wasn't the right thing. But for now, this is where the momentum is. This is where the focus is. Uh, you know, the government targets are, are there, whether it happens or not. That's a different thing. But generally, what you find is that that's what people are doing. What you also find is that, you know, I mentioned to you the the uh, the budget, and and quite rightly you mentioned uh, the, the the date November twenty twenty one. 
But this budget also has indication of what government policy is. So government policy not only will try and direct that momentum, but it'll also there's a narrative there. There's the where the news is going to be, and you'll find there's an element where the budget will uh, will try and propel that government narrative and the agenda, uh, whether that's through uh, subsidies or whether that's through other means. And it's it's there. It is just one of those things. You can say as much as you want in terms of well, it's not logic, but I think it's going to be hard for people to listen to because that's where the momentum is, and that's what's been built over a you know over a period of time. I think. Yeah, that's a very good point, Seth. I mean, I was I was listening to our prime minister this morning saying that you know it was one minute to midnight. Um, yeah. When it came to saving the environment. Um, this is very similar to the oven ready deal. Yeah, yeah no, 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 not, not, no, no, yeah. not to. No, it's it's not one to, minute to midnight, but to that mi- didn't stop him flying from London to Cornwall when the when the world leaders came to this country. And the other, the other, the other possibility, of course, in terms of environmental causes, we could all follow the example of His Royal Highness the Prince of Wales and convert our Aston Martins to run on fine wine and cheese, which I understand is uh, what it's done. I'm not sure whether that's a practical solution for most people. But uh, finally, I, I'm of an age, you're younger than me, Saf, but I'm of an age, when I was a little boy, I was really taken in by the, by the Apollo program and the, getting to the moon. And... Um, Apollo 13, they had an explosion on the way to the moon. One of the oxygen tanks exploded. And the one of the legendary flight controllers, a chap called Gene Kranz, was in charge at that time. And, you know, th- these guys were, were you know, th- th- they, were, they were fighting for their lives. But he said to his team, hang on, guys, slow down, work the problem. Don't let us do anything that makes it worse. And in terms of decision-making and, and the business that we've talked about, you know, people being under pressure to make decisions and, and do it quickly, I mean, how often when you've got a crisis to deal with in your business do you find yourself saying to the team, hang on, guys and girls, let's slow down, let's work the problem because it's very easy to make a decision that, that actually not only doesn't help but makes things worse. I think when you're in a meeting, Adrian, and and people get carried away you do sometimes focus and you lose you lose focus in terms of what your end is what your objective is and sometimes it's 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 a good thing to say in a meeting let's just slow things down and let's what what are we trying to achieve here and that element of just you know, saying that in a meeting does get impact and you know, if you're trying to say, well, what are we trying to achieve, or what's our objective, what's our goal, and uh, what you find is that people do reflect, and what you find is that you know some of the conversations that you've had, or some of the points that you've had, have gone completely off on a tangent, uh, are possibly irrelevant, and you're going into a bit of a debate, and you're losing focus. So yeah, you know, work the problem, or you know, work out what your solution is or what your objective is more importantly i think is uh is something to reflect on because we can easily get carried away you know we can carry get carried away with the conversation you know how people speak or what have they've said you know we we might go in and and, and often in, in meetings people like to impress with their knowledge and and start bringing in other things which are not necessarily uh, relevant or directly attributable to attribute to the point that they're trying to make so it is, I think, important just to have that element of let's go back to 
what we're trying to achieve here what's our goal what's our end in mind and let's work backwards and that always does i think get people back on the track you know we you know i've said before we often do make bad decisions or wrong decisions and stupid decisions and you know business can be one bad decision away from uh, a disaster you want to you want to improve your chances of of There's success fashion saying um sleep on it and and it's not always possible to sleep on it because if you wake up in the middle of the night and the house is on fire sleeping on it what you're going to do is not the greatest idea in the world but generally speaking in 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 my experience um don't don't make a decision when you're tired and emotional or you're stressed or you're upset or in the dark hours of the night i mean i don't know whether you agree with that yeah generally yes adrian i mean but what i would also say is that you know uh i'll t- tell you where, where i uh where i often say that is is it's not necessarily about decisions or, or or issues it's when people uh bring other ideas to the table and uh and you know we should do this or we should do that and so forth and it's where you've got uh, a sort of distraction taking place and i've you know and we go back to the the analogy in terms of putting all your eggs in one basket and i say well actually you know there's not a bad thing in terms of putting your all all your eggs in one basket if as long as you're keeping a a very close eye on that basket so sometimes the implementation of it the the monitoring of you know what we're doing is probably key yeah well I, I, I we now have to make the decision to bring this kind of conversation to a close um, i hope people have enjoyed listening if they have we hope they'll share they'll like uh, and let us have feedback so until next time thank you very much bye-bye thanks for listening to this canny conversation with a cause these conversations are based upon the canny bites books by safraz ali available on amazon To find out more, go online and visit SAF's website, pathwaygroup.co.uk, or join him on social media. He can be contacted at safraz at pathwaygroup.co.uk. This is a 1386 audio production.